We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 41 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams for Tech Tuesday. How you doing, Bruce? I'm healthy and alive, as usual. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. What shall we lead off with? I've got something from uh, Spotify, which we were just kind of loosely talking about that. I've got, uh, I've got the moon landing from India. Uh, the Russian one, by the way, that crashed. I don't, I don't know if oh, you, good. you caught that one or not. Yeah, it, I, it crashed. Uh, yeah, I had, I had that article up yeah. as well. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's just start so with that good. then. Let's just start with that. Let, let's just go with that. What do you, what do you have? So it did, it did crash. The Russians said that it was an unexpected error or something. Oh yeah. I'm sure unexpected. Yeah. So this is, I don't want to get too political, but this is why I question Russia's ICBMs and the hypersonic stuff that they have, because you, you, you can't successfully land on the moon. Uh, like that, that if you have ICBMs and hypersonic stuff, that should be um, slightly ease, uh, landing on the moon should be slightly easier than hitting a target with a hypersonic missile. Um, so That's a fair anyway, point. that is a fair point. Now, well, they did say again, not to get political and we can move on from this. Uh, of course, if you have a response to this, but, um, I did see that the, uh, the Russian nuclear submarines, the attack submarines are being supposedly fitted with the, uh, the Zircon hypersonics. Supposedly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still don't believe that they're actual hypersonics, but they, they might be more maneuverable um, supersonics. That, that's very possible. Uh, but hypersonics, I, I just I'm not seeing any other technology coming out of Russia that suggests they have the technology or the ca uh, capabilities of producing a hypersonic missile. Um, there's just they just don't. They, it's just not there. But yeah, the um, India is the what is it? The fourth uh fourth country i think that's made a safe land a uh, safe soft landing is how they word it uh, onto the moon mm -hmm. um I, I i think that the chinese supposedly are already there with a rover i think i don't know where yes. they are but i, I think dark side dark side okay so they are, how do they maintain contact with it uh theoretically if they legitimately are there you would have a base station or like the you would send up like a uh mothership if you will 
uh-huh. then you would release the rover from the mothership and the mothership would act as a relay between uh, the craft and Earth. So the, the, from the dark side, the, the, the mothership would be a little further out away so it's not blocked by the moon. And then so it would have to be. OK, so it's actually so it's out there. It's just kind of hanging in like a geostationary orbit kind of thing. Yeah, kind of kind of like that is it, it. So theoretically, it could be done. It's just that would take a lot more work and uh, you would be able to see the satellite or the mother uh, ship out yeah. there. And, and this is China we we're talking like about. This is China that does um, uh, photo ops inside of a um, studio saying they're on a space station. With when glass you water. You can clearly see the glass of water is affected by gravity. The individuals standing around are affected by gravity, made to look like they're floating with devices that are required far too much power uh, from a solar panel driven station. Yeah, doesn't doesn't make doesn't add up. And this is also the same China where you you buy something that says made in China and it, it breaks in like three weeks. Yes. Yes. Okay. The, All right. The Just same w- ones, wanted yes. to make sure we were talking about the same China. I didn't know if there was another China you were talking about or, or something like that. You know, uh, there and the other ones that have made it up there, of course, the United States and uh, the Soviet Union. Uh, so apparently made it up there. The craft that landed uh, includes a four legged lander and a small rover whose purpose is to study the lunar regolith and look for signs of water. Uh, This is at the South Pole, I believe. This is the first lunar landing, I think, uh, near the the lunar South Pole. So it's kind of a big deal, not just for India, but also a big deal just in, you know, space traveling, uh, exploration. Uh, It's a big deal. I also think that they're after, like, at least from an exploratory standpoint, they're after what you have talked about before. I think they're after helium-3. That would make sense, yeah, because um, there, there is a there is a lot of it on the moon technically, but really you could technically put a satellite or you know a, a collector essentially grab the stuff that the sun just spits out regularly. Um, you'd probably have more luck. See, I'm all for going to space and like doing mining and and you know all that kind of stuff. Just can you not do it to the moon? Like, can you we can you go out that. to like? It's kind of needed. Maybe maybe go to like Mercury or something, you know, where you're going to have a more abundant amount of it there. It's going to be a little more difficult to get it back and forth. Granted, you know, in the asteroid belt, you could do a little bit of mining there. Of course, you don't want to strip it too much because that's actually a shield for us. So, yeah, just just kind of need to use caution, just like how we're supposed to do here on Earth. You know, don't get too crazy with the amount of uh, chemicals and stuff that you're using or, you know, belching out. Uh, out of your factories or mining or what have you. Kind of the same thing in space. I would I would rather they do that. Yeah, I don't exactly want to cause any problems on the moon because whatever problems we create on the moon, it's it's going to have an effect on us here because we kind of need that. Ned and I were talking about the uh, the moon last week and how it has such an effect on, on life here. So we, we kind of need that. So, I mean, I, I understand, you know, if we're going to do it for like study and, and things and, and get understanding scientific discoveries and stuff, totally on board with that. But I don't think we need to start stripping the moon of resources, as you say, when we got other places we can go and get it. Yeah, exactly. There, there's other places that are less um, dangerous to us here on the home front. Um, until we start really branching out and until we're across the entire solar system, I would say uh, caution the amount of mining that we do uh, allow us to grow uh, before we start going crazy and let our technology catch up because... Um, 
as I said, if we start removing things like the asteroid belt and start really strip mining that, not only do you have the risk of debris coming from the, the, the asteroid belt, you know, and impacting the planets or the moon even, you, you also run the risk of any, any kind of exposure that might happen uh, while you're out there as well. So I, I just would, uh, you know, I want us to explore and expand, but also try to improve technology at the same time. So all that said, uh, congratulations to India, to a job well done there. Uh, it, more uh, companies, more governments, whatever, less so government, more so companies going out there into space and trying to further the human race, I, I think is a, a good thing. Speaking of that, I, I'd like to kind of bring it back down to earth here and talk about some crazy things. Did you know that uh, there are such things as white noise podcasts? Did you know that? I'd never heard of these things until today. So podcasts I was unaware of. I, I knew there's like YouTube videos and those kind of things for white noise and mm -hmm. uh, other types of uh, you start getting to ASMR auditory. Uh, I forget what the abbreviation meant, but my understanding with the white noise type thing is largely it's for people that are like uh, have sleep difficulties because of ringing the ears or they just need some kind of ambient noise to sleep it, it you know helps them like water noises or you know rain um sure even even static like literally like you you had the tv on back in the you know early uh 90s uh, it's on a station that you don't get and it's just static uh, some people like that white noise as well according to um uh, an article I saw today. Apparently, Spotify had a whole bunch of these things on. We're we're on the platform of Spotify, and we thank them for having us on their their platform. But we obviously we don't make as much money as these people do. Goodness gracious, do these people make a lot of money? I could not believe the amount of money that some of these things brought in. The Spotify team was actually looking at cutting these things because they thought they were just ridiculous. They thought, well, why in the world do we need to have like sounds of a vacuum cleaner or uh, a fan or ocean waves, that kind of stuff. And then they realized that if they cut these things from their lineups, then they were going to lose about $40 million a month in revenue. Man, that's a lot of money. One of these things, it's interesting, one of these things was making a reported $18,000 a month. Are we in the wrong line of work? I guess we're in the wrong line of podcasting. Jeez. I will go <laughs> sit on a beach with a microphone, the best damn microphone that, that money can buy, I assure you, with a, a really good camera. I will sit on a beach on the coastline for 18 grand a month. You better believe it. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. I will go sit at a mountain resort next to a babbling brook with the best camera and the best microphone that money can buy for 18 grand a month. I promise you. And you will get the best audio and video that money can buy. For 18 grand a month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. Yeah, yeah. That that that's um. The thing is, though, is it's no surprise when when you look at other mediums. I, I mentioned ASMR. It's kind of the same vein of of thing there. That one is a little bit more. It's less about when you're sleeping, more about when you're relaxing. That one is literally just random noises, effectively white noise, but they hit it at certain. Uh, they play with auditory, like left ear, right ear kind of thing, focusing on those and, and switching them up and um, sharp, quiet noises, those kind of things. There, there's a whole system to it. And it, it does like, um, I don't, uh, some people have this, some people don't, so whatever. But what's so attractive about that one is there's a, 
auditory stimulation that happens, especially with music. You listen to a certain song and it's just like it, it causes tingling in the back of your head or or like a, a kind of like a euphoric feeling. That's kind of the, the gist of what ASMR is trying to replicate. So there is a lot of people. There's a lot of people that watch that and, and get in. It's 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 pretty ridiculous. And all the literally all the people that are doing the the creators that are that are making the content of that literally they have a microphone that is three um, D surround and they're just like moving fabric around or crinkling paper or tapping on or whatever that's literally all they're doing for like four hours or more and people people pay to listen to that kind of stuff. It's it, not it the only thing they pay me. for. That is not the only thing they pay for. I've seen some of these no. other ones. They've got these specialty devices out there. I've seen these things. <laughs> and I'm not, I promise I'm not going to get too graphic, but you already know what I'm going to say. They have these specialty devices out there that look like human ears. And I'm just going to say that there are some very popular content creators that do things to these ears. And that makes apparently millions of dollars. This is crazy to me. Like the, the amount of the amount of money that flows through this is beyond my comprehension that we're actually paying for this as it, I mean, not we, but as in people are actually paying for this, this type of entertainment. Yep. And uh, also uh, those microphones that you're talking about, they, they are a hefty price. They're, they're designed oh, and built so, to mimic yeah. the human ear, not just in looks, but also in function. And yeah, they they're like a thousand dollars or something like that starting out for That's a good ridiculous. One. That is ridiculous. If you think about the two microphones that you and I are using, okay, the, t the two that you and I are using, we have two of the best microphones on the market today. Yep. And they don't together. They don't cost that nowhere yep. near that together. They don't No. I think together they, they equal half half of yeah, about the half starting that. price of that yeah that's crazy that is absolutely and that's crazy. not that's not including the other because uh to get the the good ones right so starting at the one thousand dollar mark they're xlr microphones which for people that are new to this whole thing and don't know the microphones and the the plugs and everything xlr is basically the the professional uh type the 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 adapter is um larger there's three prongs in there that that's what the professionals use um, the stuff that the average consumer would use is like a 3.5 millimeter. It's just your normal headphone jack or um, USB. But these ones are the XLR. So you have to have some kind of mixer board or some kind of interface that interfaces the XLR, provides power for the microphone and um, converts it from an analog signal to a digital signal for your computer. So you're you're talking another like $400 plus for the device to connect to the PC. And then you have the software on the other end that you have to have all of that working with. And then sometimes there's another software program that works in conjunction with that. So there's a yep. lot that needs to be done with all of that. Now, granted, uh, some of these um, creators, we'll call them, granted, it is not as easy as we make it sound as far as like... Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's a fairly simple job, but there's a lot. There is a lot going that gets put into creating content like that. I mean, as an example, we understand that doing the podcasting. There, there's a lot that goes into just making a podcast. 
So yeah, that that's not even including the hours of research that we put into it and then the prep work and then the editing afterward and all of that. that that's just just doing the podcast alone takes quite a while. It does. And I, I, I don't think a lot of people are, are sympathetic to that. I mean, I, I've actually had people ask me, hey, uh, you know, listen to your podcast you did the other day. I'm like, OK, yeah, thanks. And then because I, I can't keep up with these things. And then they say, when are you putting out another one? I'm like, well, you haven't. Did you listen to yesterday's? Well, no. OK, well, why don't you go listen to that first and then ask me again? Because by that time, another one will be out. And I, I don't think people understand that you don't you don't when you get a 45 minute or or an hour, you don't get 45 minutes to an hour worth of work. You're getting not just the recording, the prep time, the recording time and the post edit. That alone in and of itself is about six hours. Yep. Then yep. then you're looking at what we've done before all of that. Right. So all the research and the the studying and everything else that we're doing to try and put everything together and the people we're consulting with in our own circles to try and get answers and, and this and that, that all takes time and to put all that stuff together. And that takes, I don't even think we can put a time period on that as to how long that takes, because there's, I don't, I don't think that if I, if I sit down and I try to work it in my head, because there's so much that, that goes into all of it and it just kind of all works kind of just uh, synergistically that you just, you don't really think about putting a time on it. There, there's no way to track that time. So I, I guess I just don't even think about it because we just roll it right into everything else that we do. So it is yeah. it is very difficult to gauge how much time actually goes into just one of these these podcasts. Yeah. And it, it's kind of a it's kind of become a habit for me as well. Like as I when I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm fixing breakfast and tea and whatnot, I'm, I'm spending about an hour searching through the news. It's kind of become a habit over the years uh, because of the podcast. And then on top of that, I give an example. Last night, I know. Because I spent eight and a half eight and a half hours doing work yesterday. Got done, did some stuff around the house, fixed me some food. Um, you know, talked to uh, some friends and family or whatnot. To you know, you got to keep up the social interaction. Uh, and then I sat down to prep for today. And I know I spent three hours yesterday just prepping for today uh, because I started just after ten o'clock and it was after one o'clock when I uh, got off to go to bed. So. Uh, just yesterday alone, yeah, I know does. I put three hours in. Yeah, it does take time. It really does take time. And that's not including the uh, the texts that we're shooting each other back and forth if we run across something very significant that we have to deal with too over the course of the mm -hmm. week or whatever. So we're doing whatever we're doing that day plus a little bit of that to yep. make sure that we get caught up on it the next week. Anyhow, uh, moving right along. Bruce, do you like standing when you're at your desk? I mean, I... So... I would love to have a standing desk. Um, standing desk. I, I'm I'm seriously yeah. looking at these things, and it's it's a yes. it's, think of it like the uh, the lever that's on your chair. So the, the you know the thing that makes it go up and down. Think about if you had that on your desk. Well, Corsair is actually making an expandable desk. Uh, if you can see the uh, the little lever there on the underneath of it, that will allow it to raise and and lower. So you'll be able to stand, and they say that it will be available sometime in the fourth quarter of this year. I don't believe that they have offered a price for it, but I have seen these things before, not specifically by this company, and they are not cheap, uh, but they are they're becoming more popular. So I, I'm, I'm actually curious. Um, so think about it. If you're sitting in your chair at your desk and you're, and you're like, you know what, I just I like to stand up. Well, you can toss your chair aside and you can raise your desk up to a comfortable height and you can stand at it. I think I would like that, to be fair. It is very important to uh, stay. So in, in some of the 
other ventures when it comes to, because, you know, like I said yesterday, I did, and I worked for eight and a half hours yesterday. I do others, basically, I, I do other computer-based creation. You know, I, I do other stuff uh, on the computer all the time. That requires a lot of sitting. It's very important to take a break at least every two hours. That's kind of the, the point that I've scheduled for myself. Two hours, you go stretch, get your fresh drink, restroom, whatever. Do some basic calisthenics, you know, just push up stomach crunches, lunges, just basic stuff before you sit back down and go back to work. Having a standing desk like that kind of alleviates or expands your physical staying in shape, staying healthy there, you know, because it's not we're not used to this as humans sitting all the time. I mean, if you look at our history, this is fairly new that we just sit around and not work physically. That's a, that's a fairly new phenomenon in the in the human race. So it, it's definitely um, we should be uh, aware of that and understand that we still need to move and we still need to, uh, you know, be a little physical. So standing desk, that is something that I've looked into. You can get standing desks that aren't the desk itself. So, for example, my desk, I have a really nice desk that I really don't want to replace with a standing desk because to get the shape and everything, I have an L-shaped desk. It was a really nice gift. And it makes it really simple to mount uh, monitors to or any of those kind of things. Yes. Um, but you can get like, they start at like $150 roughly. You can get a, basically a platform that sits on the desk that you can mount your monitors to. And that can be raised. So you have like a small desk for when you're standing up. And then, you know, your full size desk is still usable. Yeah, I, I'd be honest with you. I, I have uh, one of my... Um you know, my my editing my 34 inch wide it's up on the uh, up on the wall above so it's it's not exactly something that I can move so if I if I put yeah. the uh, the movable desk then obviously it's going to slam right into the the 34 inch and it would be unusable so uh, I would have to change that around but I'll be honest with you I would love to podcast standing up as opposed to that would be, sitting yeah. down yeah that would that, that definitely would be more I'm uh, also somebody that that's fidgety I like I'm I'm constantly moving so or oh and don't you think for one you know. second i wouldn't be like pacing back and forth when yeah. i'm on one of these rants you know that, that, <laughs> so that's would, the thing too yeah. yeah we can move yeah we can move yeah, yeah it's we, we're not just locked into to one position yeah definitely with some of the stuff i know this gets a little edging on political but with the stuff that's coming in the future it might be good to if you're interested in possibly having this for health reasons um or just comfort uh you may want to look into getting one soon uh because uh it the the rumors and looks like there's going to be some supply chain issues in the very near future mm -hmm. um so if you're going to if you have the money and you're interested in this take the time look into it and get one now because you may be working at home very very soon it's good advice bruce all right so what do you have on apple apple is um you say apple's got a little bit of a problem yeah uh, specifically the mac os um <clears throat> There is a there is a new productivity um, app that um, has actually gained a little bit of popularity. Um, it's called Office Note. Uh, one word: the O in Office and N in Note are both capitalized. It, apparently, uh, that is a malware application based upon the Xloader malware, uh, which is eight years old now. Uh, but since this has been discovered. Apple has since removed the uh, certification and there's been some, you know, uh, malware blockers and whatnot that have finally detected it. Many of them have not, but it steals 
basically information. It's malware. It steals info from you. Data, key log, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it could steal things like passwords. And uh, if nobody's ever messed with a key logger before or knows how they function, uh, they not only show what keys are pressed, but it tells what program was loaded or website was visited, those kind of things. It takes note of all of those things. So this um, application could um, skim through. You could log into your um, bank account, as an example, on your PC, and congratulations, you are now um, a possible um, score. And that information could be sold or used by the hacker group that uh, created this Office Note app. So if you have Office Note, one word again, and you're running a Mac OS, uh, you want to get rid of that as soon as possible and take some precautions of changing passwords and making sure things are secure. Every that the, the problem with these kind of things, when it's malware like this, <laughs> every single password uh, that you used on that system or might have been used on that system or might have been saved on your web browser needs to be changed immediately. Like yesterday changed and you need to make sure that you're secure, you're safe. That uh, if you if you have um, the option to do, I know this is this gets so tiresome because everybody's doing it now. And you, uh, but the two factor authentications, I recommend doing those kind of things. It, it adds an extra layer of security. So if something like this does happen, you do get um, scammed out of your uh, password. Um, they still have another step they have to get through before they can access your account. So uh, it's recommended you do something like that. And don't do the email verification or the text message ones. Actually use an authenticator. As far as two-factor authenticators go, I highly recommend, this is just my own personal favorite. I don't know if you use a different one, Bruce, or if you have one you want to suggest, but I use Aegis. Uh, Aegis to me seems to be the best and that does multiple token support. And it also uh, allows you to implement a, uh, a password check before you can get to the tokens. So uh, I, if anyone's looking for a good two-factor authenticator for multiple uh, things, you know, multiple accounts, I would highly recommend Aegis. It's, a, it's really a good one. I would stay away from the Google one unless you need it, obviously. If you have a Google account, then yeah, use their authenticator because that's going to be the easiest thing. It's it's just second nature. Yeah. But if you have other accounts that you don't want Google having those tokens to, then go with Aegis. Yep. I, I do not have any um, recommendations because unfortunately, all the accounts that I have or that use two-factor two authentication are tied to a Google account. So there, there's no reason, uh, like I'm not going to be able to hide anything at that point. Uh, from Google because um, they already skimmed through your emails. They already skimmed through all of that information. Honestly, you type anything into the search box, uh, they, they track it. Uh, you write a draft email, um, they've, they have record of that. Even if you don't send it, even if you delete it, it's, it's there. They know. So there is that. So this is out of the uh, the Netherlands today, Bruce. This is actually from the website from the Dutch government. Uh, they're looking to put a... I'm not joking. This is their actual business.gov.nl. You can see that at the top there, and that's the, the URL at the top. They're looking to put in a ban on cash payments over 3,000, 3,000 euros. Yeah, because only criminals, uh, only human traffickers, only drug dealers, they are, they're the only ones that do any kind of cash deals over three thousand dollars 
They're saying, what changes will there be? Do you often pay large amounts in banknotes? The government intends to ban cash payments for amounts over 3,000 euros. This ban applies to traders, not traitors, as in like the people that are trying to implement this. <laughs> this means traders as in like professional or commercial buyers or vendors of goods. They are not allowed to avoid this amount by making several smaller payments in banknotes. This way, it should be harder to launder illegal or <clears throat> dirty money. Yes, because the governments and the financial institutions, they, they don't launder money or, or the, uh, the institutions, as in like the tax-exempt foundations. They don't launder money. They don't launder illegal, dirty money, do they? No, no, of course not. Who does this affect? Of course, the people that I just mentioned, professionals or, con or professional or, con or, or commercial buyers and vendors of goods, and anyone, this is where it includes everybody else, you, the, uh, the peon citizen, anyone who wants to buy something for more than 3,000 euros and pay for it in cash. So let me get this straight. If um, Bruce, you have something, let's say you're a you know, fellow citizen and we're in a, a, you know, the, the Netherlands there. Let's say you have a car, a used car, or I, in this case, it doesn't really do you much good to have a car in the Netherlands because the streets are just ridiculous. But let's say you have, um, a, I don't know, a, a motorcycle and I'm interested in purchasing that motorcycle and you're wanting to sell it to me for 3,100 euros. I cannot give you 3,100 euros in cash. The government now has to know exactly what that sale is, and you have to do it through a bank transfer, and they have to tax it. Yeah, see, this is this is one of the points where um, I was uh, edging politics and whatnot, but this is where I would say um, flip the bird to the government and do that private transaction and um, just change out the title. You don't have to tell them why you're changing the title, or truthfully anyway. There's no reason. Like, how are they going to track that that happened anyway? Let's say you do that. Let's say you do that deal. Okay. We do the deal and I now have $3,100 in cash. So what do I do? I split the number in half and take it to the bank on different weeks. And there you go. I, I, I've bypassed their system. <laughs> it, it, it's so stupid to, to do that. But the, the, the problem is they're going to implement it there. And if the people allow them to take an inch, they're going to take a mile and say no transaction over $100 in cash can happen. At least that's how it'll start. And then they'll say, you know what? We're just going to get rid of cash altogether. Yep. yep. Uh, because uh, it, it, it might spread COVID. That's right. Last topic here. Bruce, we have new cargo ships coming. Are you excited? If they are the new electrical-based ones, no. No, these are not electrical-based. Wherever would you get such an idea like that? Uh -huh. I have seen those, by the way. They put up these these solar sails. It's just ridiculous. You see, no, this one's a little different. These are wind wings, you see. You know, the little things that that turn, you know, in the vertically, the, the turning windmill thingies. So they, they look kind of like this, right? So you can see here, they, they've already built the ship. This is not a, a CGI. This is a real thing. Uh, and this is the, uh, the Praxis Ocean is what it's called or Pisces Ocean, or whatever it is, I don't know. But it's it's currently testing two 123-foot wind wings, and they say that this is going to reduce the cargo ship emissions by 30%. Of course, you can see there that it's not loaded. You can see where the, the water line is there normally on the side of the hull there, and you can see that uh, that she's not carrying anything. Um, yeah, um, it does look like it's Pixis, as uh, pronunciation. But anyway, yeah, uh, I, I'm not interested in that at all, honestly. Why are we not using nuclear? Why are we not using some other kind? Why, why? Even if they were to do nuclear, a small nuclear reactor, you know, we've got these micro reactors that have just been authorized, you cleared. You cannot. 
the, the reason you cannot is because, it, and I, I agree with you, in a perfect world, that works. But I will explain this the way that Marty explained it. There's two reasons. One, uh, he explained this to me privately, and I, I agree with him when he put it in this context. One, we cannot allow that technology to fall in the hands of our adversaries. That's the first thing. The second thing is we have people within the United States, naval forces, within the British, the French, the Australians. I think we're the only ones. Uh, we have people within our nuclear micro reactors, you know, our cesium reactors for for our our ships and our um, our submarines. We have people with entire careers that have been decades in the making to make sure that these things are done correctly. If we just give them over, then things are going to go very badly. You can't just implement these things right away. I mean, it it sounds good to say, yeah, um, Japan, we're going to offer you some kind of. Um, uh, incentive to stay within the uh, the military alliance with us, we're going to give you access to our uh, nuclear submarine technology. They would sink them because they don't know how to use them. So we have people with entire careers and educations from start to finish that are designed to be able to deal with every aspect of these things, interworking and dealing with them. You just you can't do that to to all of these these ships like you're talking about. I agree with you in a perfect world. Yes, you're 100 percent right. But unfortunately, my friend, we're not in a perfect world. Then the only solution is continue using fossil fuels, because uh, as an example, this, uh, OK, it's going to reduce emissions by 30 percent. OK, it's an interesting idea. That's great. But you just reduce the cargo that's able to carry by a huge margin, because uh, unless it's like an oil tanker, but even still, you've re reduced the amount of cargo it can carry because you have giant metal sails on the top of it that weigh thousands of pounds themselves. So uh, it, it just it it's an interesting idea, I, I, I guess. I, I mean, you're trying to use wind, which is pretty abundant out in the ocean uh, to, to generate power. OK, you might generate, you know, a few, uh, I don't know maybe a few kilowatts of power. I, 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 I don't know how much power would be generated doing that. It, it, it would be a pretty small amount, relatively speaking. You know, what happens when you're out at sea and there's no wind? You know, it, it's calm. What happens then? You kind of, you, you just kind of, well, you're hanging out is what you're doing. You're, you're, you're not creating emissions, right? That's the, that's the key here, isn't it? Is you're not, you're not creating any excess emissions. Well, if you're not, if you're create if you're still creating emissions, but only 30% reduced, that means it's still a fossil fuel cargo ship. It's just the difference is, is it's generating a little bit of the, the energy from naturally, you know, uh, naturally occurring wind. But will it stop? I, I didn't want to talk politics. I mean, I, I'm not I'm trying not to, but it was just so ridiculous. It, it's as bad as these. It is tech, but it's as bad as these these solar sails that we see on these these cruise ships that they wanted these electric battery operated cruise ships. It's ridiculous. I am more willing to give the um UFO guy, a chance at his, what do you call it, quantum foam generators? I would rather throw money at him to prove that the quantum foam generator thing that he says exists actually exists than spend money creating cargo ships with metal sails. Uh, it seems like a more beneficial investment, in my opinion, because um, it's a waste of resources for the uh, ships with the metal sails and the quantum foam thing, it may not pay off in the sense of, well, we discovered that there's actually a, a, a form of generation that, you know, is actually quantum foam and the, the government's been hiding it from us. It, we may actually discover something beneficial that does benefit us with that one. So there's a chance with that one that we, we create something that is beneficial. So 
like I said, all the money that was spent on that creating that vessel, send it to the UFO guy and have him research quantum foam stuff. I think that would be more because if that's real, if that one is real, if from what he's said on an uh, other podcast, he's argued that something the size of a coffee cup can power entire cities. And if that's true, uh, let's see it. Come up with it. So, yeah. All right, my friend, it has been an absolute pleasure. We are going to have to go ahead and call this one done. I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening. Yeah.